At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Good evening and welcome to a conservative and a liberal walk into a bar. My name is Matt and I am a liberal. My name's Tim. I'm a conservative. And you're in your car. I am in my car. It's blowing it's me my, away. My booth. <laughs> my professional, my professional Prius sound, sound system. <laughs> Podcasting by Toyota. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We have we have a, we have a fantastic show for you. It's 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 this is this is the best hour of podcasting you're going to hear all week. I promise you. It's 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 awesome. It's absolutely incredible. But we have to do it fast because well, Tim's in his car. So uh, I'm not even going to tell you what's coming. We're just going to get to it here in a minute. But before we do all of that, aside from being in your car, how are you, my friend? I'm great. It was a good, good day. We have my wife's aunt uh, is in town from Germany visiting, so it's been a lot of fun and uh, spent some time with uh, our family, cousins, aunts, uncles, that sort of thing. So, good day. How are you? I'm well. Um, I'm, I'm I've been doing copious amounts of yard work over the last three or four days at this point, so I'm. Uh, fairly nice. sore in all the right places i i was I, w- I was lifting rocks today it was extraordinarily manly but then it really was Good just lifting you. rocks so yeah I, I i don't know you know it, it I, I felt very i was very proud of myself throughout most of it it's a little stupid but you know what are you gonna do so now i have a giant pile of rocks that must be removed at some point from from my uh from my front yard um, I, I don't know what the obsession with with rocks was at the, by the people that owned this house before, but it's it it borders on in, on insanity. I did man, it makes no sense. And about half of them were just like buried in the ground, so I had to go digging up the rocks and get them out so I could run the lawnmower over different spots. And then I just stashed them last year without really much forethought, and now I have to get rid of them. So uh, that's kind of what I did today, anyway. Exciting, manly, good job. It was mainly yes. Anyhow, I'm very unmetrosexual uh, to, of you. Well, thanks very much. Does it You're ruin welcome. it if I tell you I made cookies two nights ago? Yes, it does. Dang it. Well, then I won't tell you that I made cookies. Two nights ago, <laughs> but had I made cookies two nights ago, they would have been fantastic. Very nice, excellent work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, we're going to we're going to get started with our show now that we've done all of that. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, with 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 what what is what what is not necessarily an election update because frankly we're tired of talking about the election. Yes, we are. So here's the deal that's going on. Here's Trump's what's going win. on with the election. <laughs> Pretty much the same damn thing. Trump's going to win, Hillary's going to win. Although Bernie did score a, you know, he got a couple of wins tonight and out on the West Coast in places where he was going to win anyway, and we knew that. So there are really not any surprises. Everything pretty much is as it is. But the Bernie camp is just furious. There's still a chance. There's still a chance, man. There's still a chance. Ah! And then they went and had a microbrewer and smoked a joint and went to bed. Anyway, 
Uh, the, the, honestly, though, the one thing that I do want to talk about from this for this entire week, because I, I was really concerned about Ted Cruz and his what I had heard was his 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 uh, his preference for having sex with rats. And he was uh, he was kind enough to clear that up. I'm not sure if you heard about this, but he, he gave a very stern speech to Donald Trump. Being with lots of pauses and lots of gesturing with his right hand about how he did not have sex with his aides the way that Donald Trump and the National Enquirer have said so. And at the end of the statement, I am not making this up. He said, and I quote, Mr. Stone, a man associated with uh, Mr. Trump, is a man who has 50 years of dirty tricks behind him. He's a man for whom a term was coined for copulating with a rodent. Well, let me be clear. Donald Trump may be a rat. But I have no desire to copulate with him. Wow, for real? That happened? For real. That wow. happened. That's not a lie. What a clever a, clever little thing there. And I don't I, what's funny is that I don't really think he was kidding. I mean, I you know what Ted Cruz has proven throughout most of this that he has absolutely no comic timing. He may try, God bless him, but I really don't think there was any irony in his voice when he said this. You should look it up. It's uh, it's disturbing. But I am relieved to know that should Ted Cruz be nominated and eventually elected into office, there will be no rodent sex going on in the White House. As far as the election goes, I'm pretty much done. What do you got? Uh, yeah, I'm done, too. This all, you know, the Republican nomination process continues to spiral ever downwards with... Now the National Enquirer getting involved, and it's it has become seven shades of ridiculous. So I am happy to move on to uh, larger issues of greater substance. Let me let me ask you one quick question, because uh, I'm not sure this isn't really an election thing. It's more of a what happens at the convention thing. Uh, there is a fairly g- large and growing group of people. Again, this doesn't really surprise me all that much, but it is interesting that are pushing uh, for open carry to be allowed at the GOP convention, even though the Quicken Loans Arena, where the convention is going to be take place in Cleveland, does not allow firearms. And, of course, <laughs> they're all screaming about how this is a violation of their Second Amendment rights, and they want to be allowed to open carry in the convention hall. Based on everything that's been said about the rioting and and things of that nature, that seems like a bad idea to me. Really bad idea. But <laughs> I mean, hey, we're we're from Second Amendment, right? So right. I mean, of all the conventions that kind of has to allow it, I think the Republican convention is one. Um so, you know, <laughs> kind of made your bed, you're going to lie in it. Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, you know, what's the difference between open carry and concealed carry, you know, from a safety standpoint, I guess. Um, so, yeah. Well, well yeah, this, this is, true. is this is fantastic. Uh, well, now it's going to be armed riots. So that's good. But, uh, Long live the GOP. Uh, I mean the Secret Service. That I mean they can't be allowed to have guns in there. Like you're not allowed to have guns around the president, right? Like if the president's speaking, you're not allowed to have a gun, correct? 
No, no, you're not. And the uh, and, these are and presidential stage, nominees. I mean, already these guys are getting yeah, and already these guys have got Secret Service protection, yeah. including Trump. So I I can't imagine how that would be okay for any sort of weapons to be allowed in there. But I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I guess I don't fully understand how all this stuff works. I, I don't possibly see that happening, although in this election season being what it is, I, nothing would surprise me anymore. So, you know. I am, I am nothing if not amused by all of this. <laughs> uh, for now, I think it's amusing. I just hope nothing comes of it. Um, one other thing about conventions. I saw, and I just, I just saw this. I was watching a... Uh, uh, I was in a, you know what this was, this isn't, it was, uh, well, it was on, I was watching PBS. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> Why are you and, sorry uh, about watching PBS? I, <laughs> Were you watching PBS kids? Because that would be weird. Like no need to quote wild crats or anything, but no, no, it wasn't PBS kids. And it actually wasn't even PBS. It was the, it was the PBS app and it's on the thing. And I'm able to watch documentaries that I like and, Nice. Shut up. I like video games and things. Um, but uh, anyway, I was watching a, a documentary on uh, the uh, on on James Garfield, who was the uh, president in 1880, who was assassinated. Uh, was, was he the last one to be well. successfully assassinated? No, that was uh, McKinley, and uh, was McKinley assassinated. That was 1905. Maybe I don't remember, uh, but McKinley was the last one. No, the last one to be assassinated was uh, was Kennedy, dude. Oh, duh. Sorry, I, sorry, I, I, sorry, you know, JFK. I even fell right into it. What in the, oh my god, what did you do to me? It's, yeah. it's it's like your moron rubbed off through the phone. Yeah, sorry, wow. sorry. Man, anyway. So just as a note, the reason this is this is pertinent is, is the brokered convention thing. Garfield's election in 1880, uh, his nomination process came about because there were two candidates who basically one of whom was the clear leader going into the convention and Ulysses S. Grant, another guy who barely had any votes, but that guy who had barely had any delegates kept Grant from getting the nomination and opened the door to Garfield, who was only at the convention to give a speech supporting another candidate. And in the process of getting the, giving the speech, started gaining delegates the more ballots that went on. And after 36 ballots in three days, Garfield got the uh, Garfield was given the nomination. Oh, man. And then he got shot. Poor... Yeah, I know, right? Poor guy. Kind of a drag. I don't even yeah. want this job. Yeah, and you know what? Another thing I heard back in those days, they had, there were, of the total number of political appointments, offices that the president had to appoint in those days, 80,000. He, when he was shot four months into his term, he was just finishing up the process of filling up all of the appointments that he had to fill up. It took him that long. Wow. These days, they only have about 3,000. So, I mean, hey, that's cutting government. In 135 years, we have trimmed government by 77,000 positions. It's not bad. Well, probably more likely now just the president doesn't directly appoint those positions. 
more than likely. No, that's not true. Government is smaller. Let it go. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's smaller. Elect a liberal. What? Yeah. Awesome. Man, I don't know how that happened. Anyhow, uh, <laughs> not that I'm laughing about moving on and moving into what we're moving on to, but because uh, it's not funny. Um, and I'm not going to rehash all the details, but of course, everyone by now is aware of, of the attacks in Brussels, uh, which uh, I, I, I don't have the exact figures, but I, I want to say th- uh, 50 or so people were killed, uh, a couple hundred injured. Obviously, this was uh, claimed immediately by ISIS. There's no reason to deny that. So effectively, what we have, and again, not I'm not trying to be blasé about this. It's just there's no reason for us here tonight to rehash the details. Uh, we have another attack by ISIS on European soil. Um, the... Uh, and, and this was accompanied by, in the States, it was accompanied by pretty much the usual stuff. A lot of mock outrage from the right and the president saying, you know, well, we're, we're doing our thing and we think it's working. Uh, I, again, not to be blase, but does this change anything? I mean, it, it potentially from just an election standpoint, stoking fears, that sort of thing. Uh, at this point, I don't think it changes anything for the president. Uh, if there's another attack quickly, then maybe you see him having to adjust strategies or do something. But I think the one attack in Europe, uh, I, I don't think I don't think this changes anything. Uh, the only thing that potentially changes, and, and I don't know how much this will be true, but I, I can see where Turkey would be pissed uh, in the sense of everyone's reaction, right? So everyone is furious uh, at you know the destruction that has happened to uh, an ally. Um, you know, uh, we, I, I think there was some, you know, anger on behalf of, I think Ted Cruz saying Obama should come back. You know, this was an attack against one of our own, blah, blah, blah. Turkey. He tangoed. Tur- right. Turkey. He tangoed in Argentina. Nice. How dare he? Turkey is an ally. Turkey is a NATO ally. Turkey has a far larger army and is way more important from a military standpoint to the NATO alliance than Belgium ever will be. And yet, they've been bombed twice. They were bombed almost right before. And there was no shrouding, no screaming, no nothing. I think a lot of people didn't even know that Turkey suffered these attacks. So... Yeah, CNN kind of left that out. I I can see where Turkey would be pissed. And there are some very delicate negotiations going on right now between Turkey and the EU. Uh, as the EU is begging Turkey for help uh, with handling the with handling the the migration situation. So I I think as long as we're having outrage and being upset as rightfully we should be uh, about an attack on one of our allies, we should be equally upset about an attack on our ally 
in Turkey. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, and yeah, I uh, you know the the one thing that I that I that I read this week that I, I found really interesting was. Uh, and I, unfortunately I don't have an, an article I, I couldn't find the article. I thought I saved it, but, um, basically it was a, okay, so why are they attacking where they're attacking? Why is the president going to come right out and do what we all knew he was going to do, which was basically say, you know what, this is terrible. Trust me, we're doing the right thing because that's basically what he did. Um, and they, uh, they, this was from several experts in the region that said effectively, yes, we are doing the right thing. And actually the fact that they are attacking Europe, the way they're attacking Europe is evidence of that because our agenda this entire time has been not to put boots on the ground, not to necessarily bomb them back to the stone age entirely. Uh, But what the point has been was to deny them the, uh, territory that they once that they are trying to gain and the territory that, that, that they had gained to get that back. And by do and we've we're, we are accomplishing that it's going slowly, but we are accomplishing it. And as we accomplish that, it begins to marginalize them a little bit and they have to pursue these one-off attacks in Europe in order to kind of, they're almost like morale boosters. They tend to, uh, you know, ra- rally up the base, if you will, uh, and keep people engaged and remind people that they are still there. Um, th- that made a lot of sense to me. Um, what, 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 what's your take on that? Well, I, I think that's, I mean, that's accurate. I, I think in the sense that, you know, they're going to be pushing for these sort of lone wolf attacks uh, in order to make themselves you know, to validate their existence and to try to, uh, inspire others to join their cause, you know, monetarily, especially ISIS is really beginning to suffer. Um, so trying to inspire the types of people who can, who can help fund them, get the money, do these things. Uh, but at the same time, that's not the most reassuring thing for all everyone living in big cities in America and Europe. You know, hey, great, we're denying them access. So now they're probably going to start attacking us a lot. Well, all right. So do you have a do you have a plan for for that? And and the well, yeah, that's of? true. But the other the other point that they made is that the reason they keep doing this in Europe is because they they can get to Europe, and they're having difficulty getting here. That's good. Good job, team. Keep it up. So, and and that's the thing that I think the president, and honestly, I haven't heard anyone say that. I, I, I like in those terms, like in the connection of this is why they're attacking Europe, this why. And I think that the president needs to make sure that he's saying that, like, because that's going to be the biggest thing: is do we as Americans feel safe? Do we feel like our president is doing everything possible? And he effed up from a public relations standpoint in the beginning of all of this. Um, well, not in the yeah yeah no, I'll say in the beginning of all this. It was not helping the American people to understand his strategy, right? And then he kind of really and he said this, you know, he realized that he had messed up in communicating this and explained, you know, 
And I, th- I think it would behoove him to be stressing what you just said for those same reasons. Because uh, I think it would make the American people feel a little bit safer. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that that, uh, you know, one, I thought his admission of that was a bit was a big moment for him because it's not that's not his best thing. He's not the most patient with people that don't understand him. That, that's been a failing of his every now and then, uh, you know, throughout his presidency. Um, and and yeah, I think you're right. I think it would I think it would do him well uh, to, you know, continue to explain what it is he's doing and why he's doing it, particularly in moments like this. And, and I didn't necessarily think that he uh, should have left Cuba, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't hear all of his comments on it, partially because it was difficult to ignore Raul uh, during that press conference. Um, uh, although I think that was, that was the press conference with Castro before or after that happened. It was after, wasn't it? I thought it was before, but I could be wrong. Was it before? I don't know. Um, the baseball I, game was I saw after. That the baseball game I know was after, yeah. Well, the baseball game was like yesterday or mm-hmm. two days. I don't remember. But anyways, they, uh, you know, what exactly his comments were. But I, I do think it was that he needed to take a break anyway and really stress, okay, this is what we're doing. This is why we think we're okay. Just so everybody knows and is aware. Um <clears throat> You know, so and I don't I don't I don't know that he necessarily did that, um, but he did have a lot going on. So, you know, well, and the uh, thing not to pre- the, the, and like, you know, the talk of the, the president needs to come back as if the United States is directly under attack because Europe got hit this time, as opposed to, as I angrily stressed before, our clear military ally of Turkey Um it, it seems, it, and it, it goes to what Cruz, the fact that Cruz hates that Obama's in Cuba, you know, and that a lot of my fellow Republicans hate the fact that Obama is in Cuba. They don't like what he's doing in the first place. But Obama, Obama is not uh, on on vacation in Hawaii. He is doing one of the defining things of his presidency. So no, I don't think for a moment that he should have even contemplated leaving Cuba in order just to come back to the United States. Because what could he have done? What could he have done for the United States for the people of Brussels? I, yeah, I strongly disagree with anyone who says he should have left Cuba. Well, but that was all the, that was, that was all the typical ridiculous mock outrage stuff. I mean, I saw there was a thing with Rudy Giuliani screaming about it. And uh, on again, and all of it on Fox, um, you know, just all of them running around hollering and shouting and carrying on and carrying on. It just shut up. I mean, you know, I don't know, whatever. They're, they're just trying to feed the beast. It's, it's not, they're not even worth paying attention to, you know, because it's ridiculous. Of course he wasn't going to leave for the, for the exact reason you said, this is a defining moment for him in his presidency, mm-hmm. and uh, huge. And what what could he have done exactly? What what difference does it make if he's in Cuba, if he's uh, out on uh, uh, at a college speaking, or if he's in the White House to the people of Brussels? It is that is something that the people of Brussels have to handle internally, and uh, we can offer to help as much as possible. And I'm certain that he did that. Um, but there's nothing more that he could do, you know? So, uh, it was just, that was just ridiculous and, and, and stupid. 
for all of them to go crazy. I think one of them said that Obama had no class over it. Class? Really? Class? Give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. You guys had a dick joke on your on your on your stage at, at your debate. Let's talk. Class. <laughs> um, yeah. You want to go there, Susie? We'll go. Anyways, so uh, I, I I have a little more to add about Brussels. Have you have you anything else? No, that's all I got. Fair enough. We're gonna move on to WTF. Uh, our moment for the week where we just are baffled by something someone did or said. Uh, I will, uh, I will, I will, I yield to you, sir. Go first. What would you like? Uh, man, I'm going to be a little bit, uh, um, uh, outside our normal areas. Um, I'm going to give my WTF to, to ex president Lula of Brazil. Do you know who this is? No, no. Ah, so no <laughs> Lula, Lula you have caught me completely off guard sorry Lula is pretty has been pretty widely regarded as one of the, one of the best uh presidents of Latin America in recent history uh he, he was definitely left-leaning but very much a moderate uh very competent uh by by most analyses of him and now his successor, Dilma Rousseff, um, has come under all sorts of strain and struggle and corruption. And a lot of it stems from the scandal, uh, Petrobras scandal, which is like their primary state-owned oil producer uh, and taking of bribes and, you know, cronyism that's indicative of socialism as a rule. Um, and Lula has always seemed above the fray. Oh gosh, you know, look at what's happened, you know, under with his successor, but never Lula. Lula's everyone's favorite. Lula's good. Lula's great. And now Lula has been connected with things, which you can kind of go, okay, well maybe this is the opposition trying to get them, you know, sort of Hillary Clinton-esque sort of stuff. But then he got Dilma Rousseff, the current president, to put him onto a government and onto the cabinet so that he could not be tried by anyone but the Supreme Court. Uh, which was pretty low and pretty dodgy and and disappointing from someone who uh, so much of the world and especially the people of Brazil, uh, the, the, the high level of opinion and esteem that he's generally held in. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, a judge struck the appointment down and said this this is not allowed. So, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll give my WTF to him. That was very disappointing. Bad Lulu, bad Lulu. Lula, sorry. Yeah. I meant Lula. It's okay. I I mean I have uh, yes obviously that's clear that's clearly shady. Where did you find this? <laughs> Was this in the Economist? Uh, it had to be. Yeah, it had to be. Now I mean this is some of that. I mean I, I you know I, I liked Lula, you know, ten years ago when he was you know ever since he kind of came into office and he does he, he's had a, he he did a lot of good things, lots of good ideas. He was responsible for really helping to bring Brazil. You know they're they're you know a leader of you know the the brick countries these you know uh, growing these new economies india uh, you know those sorts of places um and now it's it's gone from that 
to them being in the worst recession they've had since the 1930s. So a very, very disappointing story for Brazil. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's a shame. Um, it man, is. I know it had gotten that bad. That's, that's no good at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, my WTF moment this week goes back again to progressives, but this time to college students. Two just stupid incidents out there involving progressive college students. One at Emory University uh, in Emory, I believe, is in Atlanta, um, where uh, there were a number of uh, chalk drawings supporting Donald Trump around campus on staircases and a couple of different sidewalks. They said Trump 2016. Again, I emphasize in chalk 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 the response to this by members of the student body was to hold protests and to say that they didn't feel safe around their campus anymore and that they were outraged and so they felt the need to contact the president of the university and get him involved and get the student government involved uh what Are you serious? You have got to be kidding me. This is the the, really you're, you're, you're so scared that there are people out in the world that are supporting Donald Trump then doing it with chalk that you feel like you've got to hold protests and get angry and write letters because the university is not stomping out this evil Trump speech. Well, but because that's how you respond. What is the university supposed to do? Like, you're not allowed to support Trump if you're a student. I have no idea. What is the university supposed to do? This is ridiculous. It is absolutely insane. Come, they they were chanting in. The students were chanting in front of his office. You are not listening. Come speak with us. We are in pain. Pain? You're in pain? pain? You're in pain? You're morons. That's all you are. You're moronic, self-absolved, 20-something idiots who have no idea. You are just as bad as Donald Trump. What you're doing is just as bad as everything that he's doing. It's just doing it in the opposite direction. I swear to God, I'm convinced that there are people on the left who looked at the Tea Party and thought, that's a fantastic idea. We have to be more like them. Man, you know, it, it is one of those things. Like, And this apparently has been coming, you know, and I, mean, I guess we're removed enough from college that it's not a, a day-to-day issue for us. But, you know, you got like Bill Maher, who's been speaking up about this for a while now, uh, the, these safe places and safe zones on campuses and uh, the, the issue that this is creating from a free speech standpoint. Um, and you know, just like the, I, I point to the, a lot of the rhetoric that the Republicans had and say, look, there you go. That's why we ended up with Trump. Uh, you know, I think you can do the same with some of the rhetoric from the left over the years. Uh, and while they may have never have imagined it going this far, you know, neither did we. So uh, there are, yeah, exactly. There are rumblings of it that are heading in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
it's it's ridiculous. And there were there was actually another one at UC Berkeley where uh, uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica was hosting a uh, a creative arts forum with a bunch of other artists uh, on stage and students who were protesting. Actually, a good thing they were they were protest they they were trying to draw attention to uh, the. Uh, pay rates that that day laborers are receiving on around campus landscapers uh you know uh, people of, of that nature janitors um things like that people like that i'm sorry not thanks that's terrible um and uh but instead of hosting a protest and actually uh trying to accomplish something they're trying to disrupt events around campus so what they did was they chose to rush the stage where lars ulrich was speaking and a riot broke out or almost broke out rather Wow. What? Really? Disrupting a place where the Metallica drummer was speaking is going to draw attention to your cause. To the way, to the struggles of the day laborer. What? Yes. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's pretty dumb. I swear to God, it is dumb. It's dumb. These people are all stupid. Why are you acting stupid? I know because you're twenty somethings and idiots, but you know, just trust us when I when 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 we tell you that someone writing Trump's name in chalk on the staircases is not anywhere even close to the worst thing that's gonna happen to you. You have no idea the crap that's coming once you get out of college. So you might as well lighten the hell up right now. Agreed. Word. Next topic, Cuba. Uh, this is a big deal. This is this is actually a tremendously huge deal. I don't know if people are really giving this the the weight and the credit that it deserves. Uh, our president went on uh, went he went to Cuba and he hung out and he did Cuba things for several days. And this is this is this is huge. Uh, this is one of the things that is is a, another what Obama would say is a defining achievement of his presidency. It's something he's been saying that he was going to do to end the embargo, open the doors, open an embassy, resume normal relations with Cuba, and he did it. Big thing. Uh, obviously, the people on the right are furious, absolutely outraged. Uh, but honestly, I I think that the more we open doors to people, when the doors are will- when they're willing to walk through them the more I think it's a good thing. And I think this is a good thing. Some of the interesting things that have come out of it, obviously baseball thinks it's great. Uh, a lot of businesses think it's great. There have been already two different businesses that are talking about moving operations to Cuba. So there is another aspect to this. Is this another place where we can lose businesses and send jobs? Did you get your candy bar open? <laughs> You're going to cut out this end, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what if I don't? <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's... Why'd you stop talking? Like, I, everything was going fine. You were going on a rant. I was going to eat a piece of chocolate. I got these chocolates from Germany. <laughs> well, I, I was really done with it. what I was going to say. <laughs> We're totally leaving this in. Anyhow, I, my, but my, my question stands. What I, I, that is, 
one is the losing of jobs. Uh, is, is that a thing? I mean, is that something that we need to be worried about? And two, your thoughts generally on, on what the president did. Well, and we're going to touch on this some, um, I mean, next week, I think, but, and, but and, we're, and we've touched on this multiple times, the whole thing of losing manufacturing jobs to other countries through the, you know, because of free trade, because of globalization, Yes, if we don't do these things properly, then it is possible that we're going to lose jobs to things. So yeah, sure, we might see some factories open up over over in Cuba um, if we continue on the direction that we're headed. Um, but th- we don't have to. We can fix this. This is adjustable. Um, we can do things to get manufacturers to, to open up their factories here. Uh, we have things built into our trade agreements that, that we can do if we feel like someone like, say, China is treating things unfairly. We, we have actions that we can take. Um, so, yes, that's a possibility, but it shouldn't be because we, we sh- there are things that we can be doing to fix this. Uh, cutting the corporate tax rate, cutting down on uh, some of the regulation, busting up some of the, some of the, the larger monopolies that we're, that we're seeing come up. Uh, there's, there's lots that we can do. Uh, as far as what the president's doing, I think it's great. I've been a big fan of opening the doors up to Cuba for a long time. Uh, I, I think this is huge and fantastic, and, and, and a thousand uh, rounds of applause to President Obama for stepping up and finally making this happen. It's been a long time in the coming. Has this ever, on this subject of, of, of the rights, general outrage about this, are they furious about this because this actually is, I, I have some theories. One, are, are they furious about this because this is something that he was able to do? Is this a jealousy thing in any way? Because, or are they really worried about this being an actual thing? That's, that's one Two, They constantly talk about these political prisoners and it was one of the most amusing moments of Castro's pardon me, the press conference with Castro where Castro was like, show me the list, show me the list of these prisoners and we'll go release them right now. Who you got? Who are these people? Um, and when, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Cuba probably does have a lot of political prisoners out there. I don't know who they are, but I'm sure they're out there. Uh, that's, the, you know, that's so there's that. But then at the same time, uh, I'm sorry, we do. This is not a reason not to open up the doors. We do. I mean, yes, it's terrible. And yes, they should release them. But based on all, all the human rights violations that Saudi Arabia commits pretty much daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and nobody on the right is going, oh, my God, we sent President Bush to Saudi Arabia to hang out with the king a lot. Oops. Uh, you know, because I mean, I'm sorry, the Bush family was really tight with the Saudis all the way through both presidencies. So, uh, you know, what, 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 what's, the, what's the difference? You know, I mean, you can't have one without the other here, people. Well, I mean, the difference would be, you know, Russia and the Cold War and the connections with the Soviet Union and everything. Not, not correctly, uh, but uh, you know, I think that's the, I think that's the difference is you know some of the history there. Um, you know, I, I don't. The Republicans generally, the the Cubans, the anti-Castro Cubans who have been predominantly the immigrants. You know, these are the you know, the the parents of Rubio and Cruz. 
Uh, they're generally Republican. You know, they're sort of the one Latino vote that we have. And the reason for that is the fact that we've generally been pro-embargo against Cuba. Uh, you know, now, are we doing that because we really believe it, because of political opportunism? I, I don't know. I, I think to when Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio are very strongly against it, I, you know, you might be able to accuse them of a lot of things, but I don't think you can accuse those two of, of, in, of in an authentic, being inauthentic uh, just because of their background, you know? I mean, I think they probably feel very passionately about this subject. Um, and no copulating with rats either. And no copulating with rats. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. I think that, you know, our, our party is going to come around. And, the, and this is, again, a, a place where I do get frustrated with my party in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm a Republican because I'm pro-business. I want anything and everything that helps with the creation of jobs, the creation of wealth, the creation of businesses to, to move forward. And that's what doing this with Cuba does. That's what free trade does. That's what globalization does. So stop turning away from it. Uh, because that's that's the sort of direction that you see Trump. You see these people doing. Uh, you hear you hear Republicans using the phrase free but fair trade. What what? That's not our phrase. That's what the Democrats were saying 10, 15 years ago. We want free trade. That's what we want. Yes, of course, we want it to be fair. Absolutely. But, you know, the main thing, our mantra is we want free trade. We want globalization because we think this is good for business. We think this is good for our economy, whether it's with China or it's with Cuba or it's with Canada. There you go. Done. Okay. Cool. Uh, I, I, I mean, honestly, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not against free trade. I'm not against, I'm not against any of this. And honestly, I think that the, you know, the business side of opening the doors with Cuba. And also I think we'll have more our grid. And I also think that we'll have more leverage with Cuba on the issue of political prisoners. If we open the doors. For some reason, people seem to think that by standing there and, and not giving anything and just, Flipping countries the middle finger and saying, you guys suck, release your prisoners, be more like us, and then we'll talk to you, is going to do any good. It's not going to do any good. It's never done any good, you know, this, but what we've done, what we're doing now, I mean, look, we've, we've actually made some headway in getting people released from Iran ever since we opened the doors. So, I mean, this can work. I mean, now Iran's a whole nother you know, set a mess, but, and there's no guarantee in that all of that's going to work, but it has helped in some respects. So well, don't tell me that the, you know, the only way to do this is to just stand there and, and basically foot cross your arms and, and be pissed. Yeah. And turn I, your back. I mean, anytime you've been doing something for 50 years and it hasn't done crap, then maybe it's time to try a new strategy. Maybe. 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 But let's not be hasty. Let's not be let's not be too hasty. But I think maybe it'd be time to try. Everybody to knows all diplomatic strategies get sixty years. Yeah, right. Not fifty. The eighty-year president. Yeah. No. Ex- exactly the <laughs> the eighty-year president. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, outstanding. Well, we will uh, we will we will move on from Cuba and give out our rounds of applause this week. Uh, my round of applause goes to President Obama 
you have done this on a number of occasions. I don't I don't know that I ever have. In fact, I think I gave a WTF to Obama once. But uh, my my round of applause goes to Obama. I'm you know what? Agree with him. Don't agree with him. Again, for the most part, I've just watched the guy over the last few years, and and he has not in every case, but in. In, in an awful lot of cases, he has gone out and he went out during his uh, his campaigns and said, I want to accomplish these things. I'm going to do everything I can to accomplish them. And he's accomplished a lot of them. And he's stuck with them. He hasn't really wavered on them as he as, as the years went on. He's stated that these were his goals and he wanted to stick to them. And these are things that he wanted to accomplish. Uh, Cuba was definitely one of them. It was something that he's been talking about for a number of years. And you know what? He went out and he did it. And agree with it, don't agree with it. I think there is an awful lot of intestinal fortitude uh, around that, around this move, around his attitude towards things. And I'm very proud of him, and I'm very glad he did what he did this week. So congratulations uh, on that, uh, Mr. President. There we go. Very nice. Yeah, well, I, and I, I agree. Round, round of applause to... President Obama for a number of the things he's accomplished, uh, and and most definitely for his his latest outreaches to Cuba. You know, we've talked we talked a little bit on the last show about you know how, how many of these things that he's accomplished can we really claim or successes that we can mark down. But uh, oh, and I, I you know I, I like Obama. I've enjoyed his presidency, and I will I will be uh, sad to see him leave office. There's a, there's a conservative hitman looking for you right now. I know, right? They they beat me in on my my. I've gone off message, so my my off message watch is beeping to let me know. Um, <laughs> I, I I guess I'll continue. I'll continue with my um, you know being off message. Uh, I and we I think we touched on this at some point, and I think it's coming up later on in the show. But I want to give my round of applause to the mayor of Ithaca, uh, Savant Merrick. Uh, he is the one who is pushing to open up a medical heroin usage clinic, uh, in his town. So basically he's, he wants to have a, pl- a safe place where people can come and shoot up their own heroin. Uh, they're, they're not getting it from the state or anything, you know, BYOH. And they they shoot up there in the clinic, surrounded by doctors and such. So if there's any overdose issues or anything, there's medical staff right there to take care of it. Uh, there's counselors and opportunities for uh, assistance and trying to get off of heroin. Uh, and he's he's taking a lot of flack for it. Um, and I I I think he might actually be one of us. He might even be a Republican. Um, uh, but I I want to. I, I think he is definitely handling this the 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 way that it needs to be handled. You know, we talk about with Cuba, like, ah, it's been 50 years. Maybe it's time to try something new. Uh, I think the same is very much true of the of the war on drugs. And I want to give Mr. Uh, Mr. Merrick a round of applause for being on the front lines there of trying to make that change. Snaps. Fair enough. Yes, he is way off message. Way off. If, if he's Republican, I actually, it's, I actually it's don't exploded. know. I actually don't know if he is Republican. But I, I think he is. I think he is. Well, we'd have to look that up. That is a that is a fantastic sequitur, uh, if you will, uh, into our next segment, uh, where we are in fact going to talk about the war on drugs. 
Um, there's really no, there is really no specific impetus behind this, uh, other than, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we are not purely here to recount the news for you that you've already seen. Uh, if we have pertinent things to add to what's gone on during the week, then we are certainly going to do that. But we are also going to talk about some things, whether regardless of whether or not they are in the news, because this is very much in the news just by existing it's all the war on drugs is a thing that has been a part of our our nation now for uh for 40 years um at least going on 50 years i think is really more uh appropriate to say at this stage uh it has come up a number of times during this election so we're going to talk to you about it uh we uh there was an article in the washington post uh that uh tim pointed uh pointed me uh, pointed out to me uh that was essentially saying that a group of 22 medical ex- experts from Johns or not all of them from Johns Hopkins but uh um that got together at Johns Hopkins uh to discuss global drug policy um and discussed effectively a lot of the harm that has gone on because of the war on drugs over the last 50 years and it is substantial uh, so there is, again, this topic of legalization comes up. So t- Tim, why don't you, why don't you d- talk about this one a little bit? Well, well, one, I do want to stress that it's, it's not completely out of the blue that, that we're, we're talking about this now. The UN, uh, summit basically on, on drugs, uh, is coming up and that, that's the impetus behind the, the guys uh, who got together at John Hopkins, right? They're making recommendations to this UN summit. And this UN summit is huge because we, we're seeing in sort of the prevailing, uh, you know, scientific studies and theories of the times, a move towards decriminalization, of drugs, right? And even a move towards legalization of drugs and a better understanding of a lot of the harm that is done uh, by the war on drugs and just a, a general questioning of whether or not this is successful, right? Um, and one of the big problems, though, is the fact that the UN stance on all of this is, you know, they're, they're, it's still the same one that they had 20 years ago, right? The, this push for a world free of drugs. Uh, the terms drug abuse and drug use are used synonymously. Um, and these folks from, from you know, that met at John Hopkins and other, other organizations are trying to get the UN to change what they're saying. They're trying to get the UN to change their policy because once the UN changes it, then the rest of the world can start to feel more comfortable about making adju- adjustments. But granted, this it's going to be horribly difficult to to get the UN to change. Um, I I personally well, and also one of sorry, go ahead. One, one of the reasons. Well, no, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But I, I think one of the reasons that this is going to be a difficult thing to change is because the U.S. leads the way in a lot of this, uh, and I think has uh, over the course of the of the drug war. Uh, this has been largely the U.S. pushing for a lot of this. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, it's probably a, a, a fair statement, but I mean, we're certainly not the only country who's strongly anti-drugs. So, um, but I mean, yeah, we're, we're sort of, we're kind of a big deal. So, 
we definitely play our role. Uh, but that said, you also see the United States starting to take a lot of steps in the other direction, you know, um, you know, from legalization of marijuana, multiple, multiple places, uh, to things like, you know, the, the Ithaca mayor, uh, and, and the heroin usage. Um, and, and also, you know, sad, but true. You, you see that this latest heroin epidemic is, you know, it's affecting middle-class white people. And that's always sadly going to get everyone a lot more upset, uh, about a drug problem. So you're seeing some question of, right, are we dealing with this the right way? Is there some other way we could do it? And the answer is yes, there's absolutely some other way we can do it. And there's ample evidence that it works when you handle these things differently. Uh, you know, I think it's important at this point to stress the difference between decriminalization and legalization. You know, decriminalization is just saying that, all right, you know what, it's not it's not illegal. We're we're not going to send you to jail if you know we catch you with you know X amount of cocaine, right? Um, versus legalization, which is okay. Now we're going to sell this in stores and tax it and do all that sorts of stuff. Um, and you know, I think decriminalization will have to come before legalization. But I'm 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 pro the whole way. I again. Because I'm a Republican and I want I want money. Uh, I want businesses that can grow. I want um, you know things that we can tax that are not income, that are not payroll, that we can that we can use to stimulate growth and bring money into the the government coffers. Um, so yeah, so I'm I am very I'm very pro all of this. I I hope that this is truly the, the direction that we're headed. But I'm fascinated what your opinion is as a Democrat. What do you think? Well, I, 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 I you talk about being off message. <laughs> I think my, I think my watch is about to go off too. Um, but I don't. First of all, let me. It, it, it was amusing to me that you brought this up because I had just read what I, I thought was a. a uh, and I, I had to look this up in a different spot because I originally caught this from. Uh, one of Gawker's websites, which I, I don't really entirely trust, but I, I found that the, these quotes were accurate. Um, a, uh, a writer uh, in Harper's uh, released a quote from uh, John Ehrlichman uh, in 1994. Ehrlichman was a policy advisor to Nixon. Uh, during the uh, <clears throat> during his first term, and uh, the, and again this this is this is a direct quote, and this is this is actually terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Uh, the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies: the anti-war left and black people. Okay, not hard to see that. That sounds absolutely right. We knew that we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. Wow. Interesting. Well, you know, and that's... Terrifying. 
Um, w- one, obviously, okay, so that that's awful and wretched. Uh, and it does help the point to where the direction that some of our discussion about drugs went, you know, uh, because like I said earlier, there's the, the terms drug use and drug abuse ha- have become synonymous, right? Uh, the idea that someone could possibly just, you know, have a few pus off a joint now and then ridiculous drug abuse, you know? Uh, and the same goes for any other drug, you know, it's a gateway drug, you know, but even, even stronger drugs, like you, know, you take an oxycodone, right? So obviously, you know, we're from Eastern Kentucky. We've seen the, the horrible damage that these sorts of things can, can do and have done in communities. Uh, but you know what? I <clears throat> had some pretty serious injuries and was on oxycodone for a long time and thoroughly enjoyed uh, the, you know, the, the two oxycodone that I would take at the end of a horribly long day with my foot in the boot and just lay on the couch and relax as all the pain finally melted away. Uh, it was great. And if that stuff was legal, I think I would pretty much definitely prefer taking one or two of those at the end of the night rather than one or two shots of bourbon. Uh, and I think it would probably be healthier for me, quite honestly. And I don't see that as drug abuse. I see that as a little bit of drug use, which is fine. Well, I am, you know, I'm not, I am never going to be someone to, who, who will tell you what you can and can't do as long as it is within the law. Um, I reserve the right to not necessarily hang out with you when you're doing those things, but that's my choice and you make yours. So there you go. Uh, that's not directed at you specifically. That's just my general view on such things. Um, you all hang out. Just to be clear, I had injuries. uh, I was never illegally using drugs. Just want to make sure that that is, that's abundantly (laughs) probably worth reiterating. (laughs) Everything that you did was, was legitimately horrible. Horrible injuries. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, this this was a big deal, people. Let's not blow Tim's. Tim's not, not being cavalier not about his taking oxes. Not at all. This is all. This is yeah. this was all perfectly fine, and, and, and it was, and 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 that's not a thing. I I don't know. I don't think I have a problem with decriminal. Why is that word hard? Decriminalization. Um. And no, I don't, I don't think I have a problem with that. Do I have a problem? I think with outright 100% legalization of, of everything, like just everything's legal. Let's be Amsterdam. Um, uh, right now. Yeah, I think I do. I, I, I think I'm on, I think I'm, I, I don't know that I would say that I have a problem with it. I would say that it, the idea of it makes me uncomfortable um, enough that I would say that I don't support it. Um, uh, and I don't know what that is. I think that might be a, that might be a personal, uh, just a personal experience thing. Goodness knows our family has, has, has experienced its, uh, struggles with addiction, uh, in various places. Um, it's just something that I'm extraordinarily conscious of on a personal level. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that that's what I want out of the society that I live in, you know, to know that, uh, it's perfectly legal to shoot up heroin. 
Um, you know, but at the same time, I, I think that the war on drugs has been horribly destructive. Uh, and I do think that it is time to open the door to out of the box thinking because it's not working because we're, we're pissing money away. We I mean, that's, are. My, that's my biggest problem with it. That's mine too. That we have been, you know, I mean, they, they, they talk, the Republicans talk constant, constant, constantly about waste, fraud, and abuse. Yeah. Wasting and we're frauding and we're abusing and, and yep. it's, and it's, and it's, it's all, it's all going down, man. And you know, it, it, it's not, I, I think that at this point there have been so many studies by the CBO and by nonprofits and by non-government uh, groups, non, uh, or by bipartisan, nonpartisan groups that say this waste, fraud, and abuse thing is so blown out of proportion. I mean, I'm not saying that the federal government doesn't waste money in places. Of course they do. Government does that every now and then. I mean, that's almost unavoidable. But even by eliminating it completely, even if which would require control of human nature beyond anything we're actually capable of, I think God would be able to completely eliminate waste, fraud, and abuse from the government. But that he might be the only one. Uh, and, and it's 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 a lie. And I think that for the most part, this quote unquote war on drugs has also been a lie. And as though it were something that we could win. And I think that we have got to reexamine how we're going about this. And if that requires decriminalization and if it requires legalization, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that I'm comfortable with legalization, but if somebody can prove to me that legalization is not going to completely alter the fabric of life in the United States. And, you know, I will generally be able to go on, go about my business without, you know, having to associate with it. Should I choose not to? Well then fine. You know, I mean, as long as it's, you know, done responsibly. Um, And if that is a better tack then because you can't, you can't deny the amount of money that we spend on incarceration, on uh, Mm -hmm. legal proceedings, Mm -hmm. on, uh, on law enforcement, on all of these things that we're just blowing money on to what end? Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, it hasn't gotten better. It's gotten worse. I mean, ever since Nancy and just say no, you'd think that over the last 30 years, we might've made some progress. We haven't made any progress. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know just how terrifying this is, go, go watch the movie traffic. Did you watch that? Mm-hmm. You saw traffic, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Years ago, traffic should scare the shit out of anybody. Um, because it's, you know, you're just not going to beat these people. You're not. I mean, look at, look at what Mexico, what, what the, one of the look things at what that, all uh, this that, has done to Mexico. Yeah. Look at what it's look, done to Mexico. Look at you know, they mentioned the, they mentioned in that post article, the, the, that there has been a marked increase in homicides since the government, the government decided to militarize its response. I don't know that I was aware that they had done that 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but in doing that, uh, they have forced experts to revise the life expectancy. Yeah. That's the overall life expectancy of just people. And how, how is this? We're not talking about the life expectancy of a drug war. We're talking about the life expectancy of, yeah. Of Joe down the street. Yeah. What possible damage? Could drugs do that would be so horrible 
to justify this. What? Yeah, no, absolutely not. There's nothing, nothing that yeah. you do. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, this is another one of those issues to me that is extraordinarily difficult, but it is, you know, it's like we were saying about, about Cuba, you know, you have to get to a point where you question is what we've been doing having any effect mm-hmm. because we keep beating our heads against this wall. And I don't think we're all, all we have is a bloody nose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. Have, have, have you, uh, that's, that's really all I have to say on it. I don't know. Have you, have you, have you anything else? I no, I don't have anything else. I mean, I do, I do feel very passionately about this. Uh, you know, now I think there would be some steps that need to be taken as far as how do we deal with driving, you know, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, but, uh, well, I think you treat it there. There is no, how do you deal with driving? You deal with driving the same way that you do. Right. But I mean, would this then lead to a surge in all those things? Um, you know, I, I personally am a fan of, of breathalyzers being installed on every car, uh, but that's probably just me. Um, so, uh, yes, there are things to work out. There are logistical aspects to all this. But I, any issues, any issues, I think, that, that come about because of legalization are nothing compared to the enormous amount of damage done by the war on drugs. Yeah. No, I, 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 that much, I think we're in agreement on. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think we're, I think we're, we're on the same page, at least in that. So, yeah. Well, we got to move on. We're going to uh, wrap things up with quick hits uh, tonight. Uh, we have a number of just little things to, to discuss. First on the list would be, uh, IPAC, APAC, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee uh, met over the course of the last 10 days. Uh, this is effectively where everyone, literally everyone from Hillary Trump, Hillary Trump, Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump uh, went to pay homage to Israel say nice Israel things and prove that they love Israel and make all the Israelites happy. I, 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 the only one, and this is one thing where I will absolutely give Bernie another round of applause that uh, we're not supposed to give out, but you know what? Good, uh, good on Bernie for skipping this crap. Cause he's the only one of them that didn't show up and go to kiss Israel's ass. Uh, I, 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 I thought it was just sort of pathetic and, and to underscore the, the quote importance of it supposedly in, in this is that this is the first time that Trump has used a teleprompter, uh, so that he didn't screw it up. Yeah. I think this is just silly. What do you think? Well, no, I mean, I don't think it is silly. I, you know, I, I do believe that Israel is an important ally. Um, you know, I, the, obviously our, our relations with them, therefore, are very important. I think, um, you know, the, the Jewish population in the United States, a lot of them uh, have a very great concern about what happens to Israel. And so we, those, those concerns need to be heard and they need to be addressed. Uh, and in many ways, for whatever reasons, the, the, uh, the Jewish population often punches above its weight. You know, a lot of... Uh, and in certain segments of the uh, economy, they exercise a good deal amount of control, but in Hollywood in particular. Um, so no, I, I think I think this was um, 
I, I think I think it's a necessary thing. It's an important thing. Um, there's a number of bits of it that were disappointing, you know, especially considering the the history of the Jewish people uh, with the Holocaust, the Exodus, the number of times that they have been the oppressed group, uh, the 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 cheering and applauding that happened for for Donald Trump uh, at parts of his speech when he you know was you know seemed to be promoting hate and discrimination towards muslims was was very disappointing you know you you hope that a people who have suffered so much at the hands of others that they would be extremely reticent to applaud anyone who seemed to promote those same sorts of uh uh prejudice regardless of who they were against um well, but they're not. I mean, they're, 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 Israel's not conscious of anything other than wanting their ass kissed. That's what they want. You got to walk up, you got to kiss the ring, and then go back down. Wow, and damn. I say that with the utmost respect of the Jewish of the Jewish people. I, I have a lot of respect for for Jew, for Judaism and uh, as a as a faith and as a culture. But Israel, to me, is a thing apart, and Israel is kind of full of it. I, I just, I have, I mean, it's not that I'm not sympathetic to some of the things that they go through, but for heaven's sakes, you're not the only ones. I mean, well, I mean, but that's why thing, all of our politicians have to kiss your butt. They are the only one. They're the only, they're the only modern democracy in the Middle East. And on top of that, they're, they they're act the like only they're Jewish the only one. modern democracy in the entire world besides well, us. In their world, they are. I mean, this. How would you feel if there were people constantly talking about the fact that they, you didn't have the right to exist, and they wanted to bomb you out of existence? And those people were not an ocean away; they were, you know, a couple of streets down. I, I don't know. I, I think we need to be a little bit more forgiving of Israel's concerns and frustrations when sometimes those things turn into paranoia. I think Israel is paranoid. Well, Are know. they? That's Are you paranoid? If, that's not, okay. What did I? What did I just? What did I just say? What did I just say? You said what I just say. All right. Good job. No, I. I just. I look. I. You know what? It is more. I'll tell you what. It is. It is more appropriate to say that. One, I think Israel, in a lot of ways, has in the past engaged in tactics that were just as despicable as what some of the Palestinians have engaged in on occasion. Not always, but they have done it. That's one. And two, I hate Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu is one of the is is just quite possibly one of the most frightening world leaders out there right now. And the idea that he is leading those people is awful. To me, he's no better than Donald Trump. He is hawkish, he is disrespectful, and he's been that way ever since. And the reason I like what Obama's done with him is that Obama's called him on it. And he doesn't like it when he gets called on it, so he pouts and he goes running to his big boy friends like John Boehner who kisses ring and allow him to do things like like speak in front of the uh, uh, speak in front of our Congress as a way to aid him in his own reelection. And they bought into it. They fell for it. And it, and I, and, and I, and I hate it quite frankly. 
I absolutely hate it. And well, and I and I do agree I with you that that was, was crappy. Disgusting. That that was crappy. That was disgusting. I did not approve uh, the House of Representatives doing that, nor did I approve Netanyahu uh, making the speech from there. So I, I I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you there. Fair enough. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, there was a new Wisconsin voter law uh, passed. Yet another Scott Walker. Scott Walker rules the world in Wisconsin. Uh, uh, God, I hope he gets beat. Uh, this time, now they are requiring uh, that registration. Uh, it, at the same time, they approved online voting, which is a good thing. Uh, but they... They are now saying that uh, anyone, uh, anyone in order in order to register voters, you have to be certified by the state to register people. So they've expanded the red tape now, uh, along with their uh, voter ID laws and everything else that they're trying to do. Uh, they've now expanded the red tape involved in getting registered to vote. Uh, these are entirely Republican measures that are put out there to do this. Uh, in every case, it's always Republicans that are pushing this out. Do you do you agree with with any of these things? Just out of curiosity. Well, one, I, I don't necessarily feel like this is a, a a fair assessment of the Wisconsin voter registration stuff. Like. Well, one, I don't think it's that you can vote online. If you could vote online, that would be like life changing and huge. I didn't say vote online. I said I said register. Okay. Or allowing. Well, then how in the world are we limiting people's ability to register to to register to vote? If you're if you can register to vote online, how how are we limiting anything? Within the same bill, what they've done is they basically have you ever noticed that during election season, right? If you go, right. I, say, I understand to a this mall. concept, yes. But okay. so now, though, so okay, those kind of voter drives are now illegal in Wisconsin, basically. Okay, but you can go online and register, you can go on your little on your phone, which you know everyone has, and register, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, that's what on yeah. So that's what online registration is. How how are we limiting anyone's ability to register to vote? Well, but now that now you can't, you you can't. People in a community can't engage with each other. And why why uh, can't you have why can't you have a booth with iPads and say, hey, come register to vote here. Am I you're you're gonna register? No, you're gonna register yourself. But I I bring you iPad here, register. Why why can't you do that? Well, I suppose that's fair. That's definitely something. Um, let's also be clear in in saying yeah, okay, that's a good point, and I didn't read anything in the law saying that they couldn't do that. Uh, um, let's also be clear in saying that I I'm not necessarily against voter IDs. Because being required to show some form of identification, frankly, I was a little appalled when I walked up, when I rolled up to a voter's booth and just told somebody my name and my address. And they said, here, go vote here in North Carolina. That, I was surprised that, by that. that was, I have never been more tempted to commit voter fraud than I, when I, when I went to vote, 
All right, and, and to see, basically to see if I was on, you know, uh, the ballot in North Carolina, and the guy went through and he was like, "Well, yeah, your 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 wife, your your mom was just in here." Da da da. Are you Robert? Which is our dad, and I knew my dad might be voting for Trump, and I could have just said, "Yes, yes, I am." And gone and cast my vote for who I thought my dad should be voting for. Uh, you know, yeah, I I tend to agree. Like, what? Some form of ID seems reasonable. You got to have ID for all kinds right. of stuff. But it's, it, it's the push to do it right before elections that bothers me, um, well, which tends to come up. Um, you know, but, I mean, now it's almost all of these laws are almost are in place, so... Now I tend to wonder, okay, well, I mean, since 2012, when this was starting to be a big deal in the four years since you haven't had time to get the ID, how hard is it to get the ID? Are there really that many people that don't have the ID? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't actually know how hard it is to get an ID. It's a question. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely certain, although I have heard horror stories of people being told no, I want going and saying, okay, I want to get this ID. And they go, no, well, you have to have this, this, and this. You don't have this one, so you can't do it. And then they come back and they go, no, 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 that's not good enough. No, 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 that's not good enough. And it's a back and forth sort of thing. It's kind of like, I guess, getting a, you know, when you've got to present a couple of different forms of proving you live in a lo- specific location to get water service or something like that, which admittedly can be a pain in the butt. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, surely, um, yes, there are pain in the butt things in your way. Uh, now, now, it is fair to ask, you know, to, about motive. You know, did 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 we have a big voter fraud problem in this country? And and the general response to that seems to be no. Like, you know, just from the studies, from what I've heard, from what studies have yeah, been done, exactly, voter I've, fraud I've is thing, so. not really an issue. So, why the big push? about voter ID. Why did we want this all of a sudden? You know, um, and then some of it may have been, and and the concern, of course, is that it's politically motivated. You and know, again, why is it always pushed by Republican on, governors you know, illegal immigrants? It's, it's and, Republicans yeah. doing everything they can to limit the voter base, because that would be really depressing and upsetting. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, it's obvious from you know reading you know in msnbc's article on all of this that they're fairly positive that it's this is scott walker in wisconsin trying to limit the people who can get out there to who can register who can register to vote but i i just when you throw in the online thing i just i just don't see that i i don't see how this could possibly be limiting people's access to vote well, but let's let's be honest to a certain extent. Scott Walker is kind of a douche. That's awesome. I I will make no such statements. I do not know him well enough. Nor even if he was a douche, does that mean that he's a douche who doesn't want people to vote? Well, I mean, I don't want to get into the the sins of Scott Walker, but I I don't think it's a reach to say that Scott Walker is. Uh, pushing an agenda let's put it that way 
Uh, well, of course he has is... an agenda. Every governor has an agenda that they're trying to accomplish. You've just been talking about President Obama and his agenda that he's so proud of having accomplished. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> you just don't like Scott yeah. Walker's agenda. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. You disagree with it. I don't like have it, enough. Fine. In... But it doesn't mean that his yeah, agenda is in... to limit people's right to vote. Well, but I... I think it is. I have all the research in front of me. I kind of think it is. In Scott Walker's case, I kind of think it is. Well, there you go. Claim it. Say it. Good for you. What are you going to do? So, on other fronts this week, Apple, or this is not really pertinent to anything fun, but Apple went and debuted a whole bunch of stuff on Tuesday. They had a big thing, and they debuted a smaller iPhone, and a new smaller iPad Pro, and new stuff and i don't think anybody cared yeah i it really didn't get a lot of buzz i i was kind of when you said that i was like oh did that happen okay that's kind of my point you can sort of feel like i mean i you know what i'm not i'm i ordinary i wasn't really part of the the well apple's gonna suck now that they lost steve but I or you know how dare you not innovate? Well, I mean, what the hell else were they going to invent at this point? I mean, you know, so you're not having it's a whole bunch of nerds running around screaming. Well, Apple's not really blowing my mind anymore. Sorry, I mean, you know, they still seem to be doing pretty well for the most part, but. You know, I, I I do think it's interesting just the absolute lack of of anything really interesting out of, out, of, out of Apple these days. Uh, although I will say that the new uh, Siri ad featuring Cookie Monster is genius. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Any, any thoughts on that? Uh, no, you know, I mean, they're, they're trying a new, they tried a new playbook basically with this one. And it was a smaller release. You know, it's not like they downplayed the release of their new iPhone. You know, I mean, they, you know, it's not like the, this is the iPhone seven, you know, this is just a little, a tw- this is true. It's, it's a little tweak, a little something. So, you know, all right, here we go. And I mean, the stock market's I, like it, you know, Apple recovered a little bit, so that's good. good yeah. Well, and, and I got to admit, I kind of like it too. Cause I, you know, I, I, I don't know that I'm going to get one, but there's a part of me that I sort of miss my iPhone five. I really thought that was about perfect. Sometimes I feel like my six is just a little too, big. you know, you, you said that yeah. and I've been paying attention cause I have a six and my wife has a five S and I, 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 now when I pick up her phone, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't see anything. What is, what is this? What's going on? So I, I, yeah, I like the bigger. I like the six. Do you? I, I, I definitely look at like I've got my boss actually still has a a four S. I think. Wow. I think it's a four S. I know, right? Um, I, uh, I, I picked that up the other day and I looked at it and I was like, oh my god, it's like a toy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a toy I spent three hundred dollars on like two years, like four years ago. Um, whenever I got four or five years ago, when did I get that? Good God. Has it been five years? Yeah, uh-huh. it's been five years. Goodness gracious. Anyhow. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for tonight. We've, uh, yet again, gone over time. Uh, so, uh, we thank you so much for spending your hour with us. Have you any more thoughts on anything we've discussed tonight, my friend? 
Uh, no, except that I think people do seem to be liking the Apple stuff, so maybe they didn't make a huge deal of it, but the reviews of the phone are pretty huge, so you should go check it out. I, I, I think I might, perhaps I'll go read some of them. I don't know. Like I say, I don't know if I'm going to buy one, but the thought has crossed my mind. Uh, anyhow. Well, there you go. So, I have, uh, I have, I have no further, no further thoughts either. Aside from my usual, please, please, please go register to vote. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, have a pleasant week. Mm-hmm.